MJF turns on the inner circle. Karrion Cross confronts Finn Balor. We talk about that and the ratings as we review both shows next on the Squared Circle Cycle Babble. My name is Michael Valenti. Joining me is Ralph Valenti. Ralph, the big news that came out of AEW Dynamite last night is this creation of AEW's four horsemen, really five four horsemen, as MJF has joined forces with Sean Spears and FTR Wardlow joining for the ride too, as they attack inner circle to close out the show. I thought it was a great way to close out the show bounce back from AEW revolution. What was your thoughts on this? Definitely a good way to bounce back from revolution, considering all the fallout following the, uh, the lack thereof explosion, I guess you could say, because that unfortunately was probably one of the, the bigger takeaways from the pay-per-view. Now, last mm-hmm. night was a really, really good episode of dynamite. They did a good, they did a good job of, pivoting and making sure that they're trying to put their best foot forward, especially when you consider this, you know, I I think that a lot of people foresee this. A lot of people saw either the um, inner circle, I think probably joining sides with MJF, MJF being the new leader and Chris Jericho getting kicked out or just MJF trying to manipulate the situation. And ultimately I think that's what we got. Um, It's just funny. Do you ever remember somebody predicting the entirety of that group, whether it be the Four Horsemen or the Revelation, whichever they decide to call themselves. I believe you're the one that said MJF and Wardlow to join forces with FTR. That is right. About six months ago, we did an episode on this, and that's exactly what I said. So last night, it actually came to fruition. We saw MJF create his own group uh, with the likes of FTR, Wardlow. So um, yeah, I think this is going to be really good. I think that we'll start to see the face side of Chris Jericho, which, you know, the fans always like to sing along with his entrance music. I think that it's Santana Ortiz. There's some interesting matchups there. So, yeah, I'm definitely interested interested to see where this goes. And I think that AEW did a really good job of getting themselves out of a bad situation following the uh, the pay-per-view. Now, everybody's talking with, you know, fans coming back. Now that we have the inner circle, Sammy Guevara returns, this formation with MJF and his faction. Could this lead to blood and guts? As now it's this, the inner circle versus MJF's faction in there instead of the elite. It absolutely could be, you know, and and that's the thing. I think, you know, each state I know is going to be different. Uh, I think here in Connecticut, we're opening up in what, like two weeks, less than something that, along those lines. Yeah, I think the 19th. So and, and we're one of the one of the more liberal states when it comes to this whole pandemic situation. So you got to imagine. uh Florida, Texas, places like that, they're going to be opening up. It's just a matter of who's going to be first. We've talked about this on the show before. You know, Dana White wants to do it. If 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 somebody does it first and it's Dana White or somebody else, Vince McMahon, whoever, other people will follow suit. And if crowd, if people are willing to go to an event, you know, AEW, I could realistically see a couple months down the road, so long as the numbers stay where they are or continue to go down, we might see blood and guts. And it might be these two groups going against each other. Right. And I know we slowly are getting more and more fans at Daly's place. And I think revolution had the most fans that it's had since the pandemic started. So they're definitely going in the right direction as, as far as getting more fans there and maybe they start touring again and the Prudential center where Brian Gutch was supposed to be, maybe they get their big match and it will be this five on five pairing instead of the elite and uh, the inner circle. And I think this would be a great, Great pairing. You got, like you mentioned, Santana Ortiz, FTR. You got Wardlow and Hager. We know those guys can go together. MJF and Jericho. 
A lot of good pieces there, and that would be a great blood and guts match. But let's move on to how NXT closed last night, and that was with Karrion Cross confronting Finn Balor after a very good NXT championship match against Adam Cole. Adam Cole gets attacked by Kyle O'Reilly. I believe this is what's setting up for the two main events for the announced two-night NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver on April 7th and April 8th. Do you think these are going to be the two main event matches? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I I think that Adam Cole, this is a storyline that's kind of been progressing over the past two or three weeks. Um, Him him and Kyle O'Reilly, we haven't really seen them go at each other. And if if it's happened in in NXT, it hasn't happened in a really long time because they've Mm -hmm. been in the Undisputed Era. So we know there's some bad blood and animosity there. So that, that will certainly be an interesting main event to look out for. And then, of course, we get Finn Balor and Karrion Cross. I think everybody kind of predicted this happening somewhere down the line. Right. And uh, it only makes sense to do this match because Karrion Cross never truly lost the title. Um, what I what is going to be interesting is what does Car- what does Karrion Cross go against? Is it going to be Finn Balor? Or are we going to get the Demon? We haven't seen the Demon in probably what? It had to be at least a few years. At least. Maybe, probably more than that. Was it Mania? The mania we went to, 35, was that the last time we saw the I demon? I think so, yeah, because they haven't really done it. They haven't done it in a really long time. So, you know, I think one of two things happens. They bring it back then to face Karrion Cross, but I think when he's been that version of himself, he has not lost. So He has, he has lost. Um, I believe he lost when Samoa Joe beat him. I'm not talking about NXT. I'm talking about, so I should have clarified, main roster. I don't okay. think he's lost as the no. demon on the main roster. No, so, he hasn't. Um, again, you know, I, I'm not sure where that would, where that would go in terms of who they choose to go over. Cause I think Finn Balor is certainly having a good, good run. He's had a lot of really good matches, but um, you know, I, Kieran cross is a guy that I can realistically see them pushing and going up to the main roster sooner rather than later. What'd you think of the way that they approached this situation? So after Kyle O'Reilly's beating the crap out of Adam Cole, Finn Balor is standing in the middle of the ring and he looks to his, his left and just says, what took you so long? And that, you know, they pan the camera over to carrying cross. That was so well done because everyone in the, everyone in the NXT universe is asking the same thing. What took you so long to challenge Finn Balor for the title since you've come back? Exactly. Yeah. And that, and that's the thing, like you, you would think that somebody like Karrion Cross, who has, he didn't ever lose the title. He unfortunately had to relinquish the title because of right. his injury. So you would think that once he came back, they would want here, he would want to try to get the title right back from him. So that's one of the things I think they're going to have to let uh, play out or have him explain a little bit, but ultimately I'm just excited for that match. I think that's going to be a really good match. I'm excited for it. Um, yeah, I, I, th- I think I think it makes sense to do that, and I think it makes sense to have those two matches be the main events of NXT, uh, the takeover, I should say. Now, we already know who's going to be leading the NXT championship picture, and now it seems like we know who's going to be leading the AEW championship picture. So after Revol- uh, Revolution, we needed some explanation. What the hell went on with the exploding barbed wire death match? Moxley and Kingston provided that as Omega can't build bombs. They are created by Acme. Impact bought the bombs. I thought it was a great video package, but then later on, Kenny Omega interrupts Christian Cage's time to talk about what he did and Eddie Kingston and his anxiety 
Kingston comes out. Moxley comes in for the save. And then Christian Cage comes out and confronts Kenny Omega. Yeah. Do you think this is leading to Christian Cage being the next challenger for Kenny Omega? Certainly seems that way. Um, which is going to be interesting because how do they get Moxley out of the title picture considering he, he's never lost clean to Kenny. You could not, keep him. You could make him and uh, Kingston tag team, a tag against, team against face the good, the good brothers. brothers. Yeah. Face the good brothers and maybe make them the impact tag team champions. Aren't they facing each other next week in a non-title match? Uh, I'm not sure about that, but e- either way, I mean, that, that could certainly be an easy out for it. And I think so. And we were pretty vocal about this. I think one of the other criticisms, that, at least for some fans, was, you know, having Christian debut as that huge, huge star. Some people were let down by that. So what better way to show that, you know, this guy is going to be somebody that's here to be a major player in, in AEW than have him confront the champion? You mm-hmm. know, th- there's not really too much more you can do to kind of make a statement, especially considering it that it, it looked like he was certainly going to get the better of Kenny Omega. And you know, that that's a match. I'd sign up for that any day of the week. I think Christian is one of the best guys, one of the most underutilized guys for from from the Attitude Era. You know, he just got he caught a tough break because there was so much talent there during the Attitude Era. And then he was kind of, you know, in the shadow of edge and all those types of things, well, however, however you want to look at it. But he's very good. And mm-hmm. I, I think that him and Kenny Omega would be a great match. Now, I know. It will be a good match. Christian is a very good in-ring wrestler. Kenny Omega, obviously some people consider him the best in the world. But I, I didn't. I wasn't really paying attention to social media too much today. I'll admit it. But I don't know what the reaction was to Christian Cage coming out, of, out here in his first appearance on Dynamite and just challenging or at least hinting at challenging for the AEW Championship. Did you see anything on social media where people are comparing this to Goldberg or Edge? And if this is the same thing? Well, it's same in the sense that this is the entertainment business. And whether you're Tony Khan or Vince McMahon, your main prerogative is selling tickets and selling pay-per-views and making sure that people are interested in your products. So if that means putting on the best match or putting in the, the biggest draw that you have in a main event, they're, they're the same in that sense. Um, I think that where some people are going to get into these type of weird arguments is, look, when Edge won the Royal Rumble, let's just be upfront and honest about it. A lot of people were comparing that to Sting, right? And they're mm-hmm. saying, oh, the counter argument to Sting was, oh, well, Sting's not going to challenge for a championship and Sting's older. And there was all this back and forth between WWE fans who don't watch the AEW, AEW fans who don't watch WWE anymore. And then at the end of the day, it's kind of ironic that Edge's best friend seems to be in a position where he's going to challenge for a title. And oh, by the way, he's well past his prime and he's much older. I don't have a problem with that. And we've talked about it on the show. If you're older and you can still go in the ring, whatever. Let, let, if, it, if it's going to be a good story, it's going to deliver in the ring. I don't care how old you are. You could be 60. If you could deliver and put on a good match, I'll pay for the pay-per-view. I'll watch it on Dynamite. I'll watch it on Raw. I don't care. Um, that's why even when that whole thing came up, I just thought the whole dynamic around surrounding that narrative was so strange to me. I don't care if edge went to Royal rumble, as long as he can go to WrestleMania and put on a good main event and I can enjoy the story, which I have been enjoying the story along the way. Mm -hmm. That's fine. Christian's great on the mic too. So, you know, that this is going to deliver, he's going to be able to hype this up and him and Kenny Omega probably are going to go out there and put on a really good match if that actually happens. So, you know, 
I don't know where people see this in terms of uh, what type of narrative or what type of argument or where they stand on the what side of the argument they stand on. But it doesn't bother me one bit that Christian's going to go there and challenge for a title. Nor did it. Ch- nor did it bother me when Edge won the Royal Rumble. So no, it doesn't bother me. No, it doesn't bother me either. Like I say, I don't care if you are the greatest wrestler in the world, the oldest wrestler in the world, whatever. You got to give me a good story. So as long as you give me a good story to get invested in that match, and then you can follow up with that match, I'm all for it. Yep. And you don't need to be, you know, the greatest wrestler in the world for me. You you got to be able to talk, wrestle, and have that character all, all blurred into one. And I think Kenny and Christian... Could could create a very interesting dynamic, and we'll see where it goes. But yeah, and that, and that's the thing. Big Show wasn't lying when he said he's a Hall of Fame caliber talent because Christian is a Hall of Fame caliber talent. He's he's a great wrestler. So him going in there and having a match against Kenny Omega, I that's to me on paper that seems like a really good matchup. Right now, let's head over to NXT, Ralph, and we got a big announcement, one that they said would change the landscape of NXT. One of those being the the two-night takeover, which is happening April 7th and 8th, stand and deliver. The other, the inclusion of the NXT Women Tag Team Championships given to Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez for winning the Dusty Classic this year. An hour later, they're challenged by Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart and lose the titles within an hour. I I don't know what's going on. To me, it seems like such a monumental thing. Like the women's tag team championships in NXT is, you know, a very cool thing. You know, the women's division in NXT is probably the best women's division in professional wrestling today, at least American professional wrestling. And then they add the tag titles and have their first champions not have to win them. They just won them by default and then drop them an hour later. Is, Is it just me? Do I feel like the titles are already buried one hour in? I wouldn't say they're buried, but I mean, if you're trying to make this a prestigious title, which, you know, William Regal, when he came out there and made the announcement, that's what he was hinting at. You know, he was like hinting that these are going to be prestigious titles. They're going to be defended, et cetera, et cetera. And then they just dropped the titles, which to me, it would have almost made more sense to bring them in and then a challenger, whatever team, if it ended up being Ember Moon and uh, uh, whoever, whoever, it could have been anybody. If if you're going to give the belts to Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez, why wouldn't you just have it where there was two teams and have them, you know, go against each other for the titles and not and, not give it to somebody, not gift it to a team, you know? Right. But especially know. if you, and then after the match is over and granted, the match was very good. It was much better than their previous takeover match in the Dusty Finals. I'll say that they did this one much better. Uh, but after the match was over. They have Shotzi and Ember walk walk backstage and they're getting the, you know, the round of applause and they walk by Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell and they're like, oh, the title should go to us. Already hinting that Raquel and Dakota are already out of the picture. And we'll know why. We're going to talk about why in a little bit. But like this is just a weird way to start a new title. And now the question is, the women's tag team titles in WWE were supposed to be defended in all three brands. Does this mean now the WWE women's tag team titles can't be defended in NXT now. Sir. I mean, I guess they could, it's just probably not likely. Doesn't that seem redundant? Yes. If that's the case. Yes. I don't know that it's, it's messed up for me, but 
Do you think uh, after this week, you know, do, do they give Ember and Shotzi a longer run that obviously an hour is already a longer run, but do you, do you think they get a lengthy run with this or do you think they drop them to Indian Candace at takeover? No, I, I don't think they'll drop the titles. They'll probably get a they'll probably get a longer run. I, I don't think they'll hot potato the belts just like that straight out of the gate. I mean, because you know, and NXT for the most part, like they they tend to keep their titles on their champions for a long time, whether that's NXT mm-hmm. or NXT UK. You know, mm-hmm. Adam Cole had a long run. Karen Cross had his run cut short. Uh Walter's been champion for a long time. So, you know. I think they'll keep the titles on them and, and let them kind of build the prestige up on them. All right. Yeah. I, I hope, I hope that's the case because it is not off to a good start. In my opinion, that they had the titles already dropped one hour into the, the inclusion of these new titles, but a title that got a retention last night is the AEW TNT championship. Darby Allen successfully retains against Scorpio sky. I thought this was a very good match. But interesting, after the match, Scorpio Sky, it seemed like he had a temper tantrum and goes off on Darby Allen's ankle, which he injured during the match. You thought uh, Scorpio felt a little remorseful, but then he smiles. So it seems like heel turn confirmed. What do you think of the heel turn of Scorpio Sky and the match with Darby Allen for the TNT Championship? I'm all for it so long as we get more Scorpio Sky on a weekly basis. You know, Agreed. and I know he was out, I, he was out he was out with in, injury, but he was always a guy that I think people look to as somebody that would eventually be a champion, whether it's a TNT champion or the AEW champion. So, um, I, I'm I'm fine with him in some some form of feud with with uh, Darby. It doesn't seem like they're going to continue this feud with Team Taz because I I mean, unless I missed it, I don't think Team Taz even made an appearance last night, did they? They did not. Sting yeah, did. So, Sting, Sting did. did. It, makes you, it makes you wonder where was Sting coming in for the save for Darby. I know he was supposed to have an interview with Tony Schiavone and Lance Archer interrupt that. And it looks like there's going to be a storyline between Lance Archer and Sting. But where was Sting coming in for the save to help his buddy Darby? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you could certainly look at that. I mean, I to, personally, the Sting and Lance Archer thing was a little odd because it's kind of like, well, where are they going to go with this? Sting and Jake the Snake Roberts one on one. Oh God, <laughs> yeah that that'll be interesting. But um, no, I I mean as far as far as Scorpio Sky is concerned, it you know what happens with SCU? Do they break up? That was even weird because they kind of they showed SCU a couple different times in the in the audience. But well, I, you know, well, Scorpio Sky hasn't really been a part of SCU for a while. Like Scorpio right. on Dark has been doing his own thing in the single stuff. And obviously he has his own music when he comes out. So I don't know if he's really a part of SCU anymore. And especially with this whole thing where the next time SCU loses Frankie Kazarian and uh, Christopher Daniels are calling it quits. I know they were in the audience during the Matt Jackson, Ray Phoenix match, which was a very good opening for AEW dynamite this week. But I, I think they broke, Scorpio away because they know he's the single star and obviously Frankie and Christopher Daniels are at the tail end of their career. So they needed to get them away. Kind of like what they did with Big E and the new day. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree a hundred percent. And you know, I, like I said, if they're going to continue this feud with Darby, I'm on, I'm, I'm, I'm all for that. I thought their match last night was great. If there was, you know, 
if I had to choose match of the night, it's either that match or Adam Cole and Finn Balor. They were both really good. Um, so yeah, I mean, I have no problem with this. Yeah, one match that I thought was match of the night, Ralph, was the NXT Women's Championship to start off their show. Uh, Io Shirai and Tony Storm, I thought was a great match. And I love the finish of this match where Tony Storm went for the flying headbutt and missed. And Io Shirai went for the crossface and tapped out Tony Storm for the win. Now, later on in the night, we find out that Io Shirai wants a piece of Raquel Gonzalez. And it appears that Raquel Gonzalez is going to be the next challenger for the NXT Women's Championship, which just make, makes me wonder why the hell did they give Raquel and Dakota the women's championships for just an hour and just let, you know, other teams challenge for it to make it, it makes Raquel kind of look bad that she I know she wasn't the one that was pinned, but doesn't that make her look bad heading into as the challenger for the women's title? I mean, if, if, like you said, if the intent was to put the titles on them only to have them lose it in an hour. Yeah, it, it does. You'd want somebody going into like a main event or a title match. I would imagine with some type of momentum and granted, like you said, she didn't get pinned, but it's not like she's going in there with a full, st- with a full head of momentum. So, you know, I, it's weird because they were building her up really well. And I kind of felt like she was eventually going to get to the spot to challenge Io Shirai, but it, it, it's not like she's won like three weeks in a row and she's building up towards it. It's like, okay, well you lost the tag team match, right. To, um, to Nia and Shayna. Mm-hmm. And now you lost this match and now you're going to get an opportunity to challenge for the, the title. Right. Kind of weird. It is, it is weird, but I, I mean, in singles competition, Raquel has pretty much been unstoppable. It's just in tag team matches and the tag team matches with her and Raquel or with her and Dakota have been pretty much the same. Dakota takes a lot of the beating, gets double teamed a lot. Eventually Raquel comes in, she dominates. And then the finish happens. Either Raquel wins with her power bomb or Dakota wins because they distract Raquel somehow. They've they've been the same uh, over and over again. And I, I think it's time for Raquel to be on her own. Now the question is what happens with Dakota? If Raquel is going to be going for the NXT Women's Championship, does Dakota come for the ride? Or does she find a new tag partner, Tegan Knox, when she's healthy, to go after the women's ta- titles, tag titles? I definitely think it's time to start splitting them up. Raquel, Raquel Gonzalez, I think, is probably the one who's going to take Rhea Ripley's spot. Because Rhea Ripley was that dominant mm-hmm. female that they had in NXT. And now she's apparently debuting on raw at some point I you'd imagine before WrestleMania hasn't happened so. yet, but you know, Raquel Gonzalez, she granted, she still seems a little green, but at the same time, give her the opportunity. Let's see what she can do. And if she can go in there and have a good match with Io Shirai, I, I don't know if she's actually going to win, but I um, think she does. I think she's going to dethrone Io Shirai. Like what else can Io Shirai do as the NXT women's champion? She's beaten almost everybody with the exception of Raquel. And if, if she ends up beating Raquel, what's there left for her to do? Well, I mean, the one thing that you can always say about NXT is they're really good about ensuring that their backlog of, of uh, female wrestlers, they're well-trained and ready to go when somebody goes up to the main roster. So I don't, I don't know if that they're going to have 
some of the women go up to the main roster and that creates like a vacuum of other people to challenge or build up for, uh, as potential challenger challengers for EO. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, that's, it's possible. Yeah. Now we did have a couple debuts on AEW dynamite last night. One of them was Ethan page in a match against Lee Johnson. And yeah. I'm, from what I've seen in comments on social media, this only happened on TNT cable with the East coast feed. Yes. Did you notice what I'm talking about? I, I certainly did. I had to change the channel. Yeah, I was it, watching Dynamite and I switched over to NXT once it happened. Now, as someone that works in TV and someone that works in the operations aspect of television where you monitor video and audio signals and you see transmission paths, I have to admit, I have no clue how that happened. I don't. I can't explain how they got the NBA audio feed into the AEW dynamite broadcast. Have you, have you ever seen the the meme with the guy with the crazy hair that's like aliens? Yes, yeah, yeah. Giorgio from Ancient Aliens. Well that maybe that's what it was. It's aliens. really the only it's the only way I can explain it. And <laughs> I mean that's definitely operator error. Someone had to literally feed in the NBA audio feed into the transmission path to TNT. And that's definitely a TNT thing because uh, TSN in Canada didn't get it. The uh, Fight TV app didn't get it. So it wasn't coming out of AEW from Daly's place. It got fed to TNT. And then from there, they did something. I don't know what, but they fed that feed right into Dynamite. And it was weird because like it, it kind of fit with the match, but also was like, totally distracting and it's so like feels so bad for Ethan Page as this is his dynamite debut. Yeah, me too, especially considering coming out of the pay-per-view like, you know, he was he was obviously in the ladder match, but I think some people were kind of left saying, "Well, who is this guy?" and then he gets his his debut on Dynamite and this happens. And I I I'm sure I'm not the only one that kind of tuned out, but yeah, it was definitely noticeable. The commentary was very low. It was just not good. Unfortunate situation for him. Right. And and for those that are wondering, does this affect ratings? If people were tuning out during this because of that, yes, it does. This did affect the ratings somehow. But a lot of stuff happening on TV this week. So you have the Masked Singer returning. You had the South Park vac- vaccination special. Because of that, AEW, Dynamite, and NXT both took a hit in the 18-49 to demographic. Also, both went down in total viewership. AEW, Dynamite went to a .32 this week in the 18-49 to demographic, staying in the top five. But they lost 200,000 total viewers, down to 734,000 this week. NXT, they went down from a .20 to a .18 in the 18-49 demographic. And finishing just losing 1,000 total viewers from last week uh, with 691,000 total viewers. So, Ralph, we talked about the highlights from both shows. Is there any other highlights that you wanted to point out before we decide who won this week's Wednesday Night War? Uh, No other major highlights that come to mind. I think that both shows were definitely solid this past week. Both of them had some newsworthy stuff that, that came out of it, especially... I think the big story with AEW was they really needed to present, um, you know, a, a a strong showing coming out of that pay-per-view. Because even even if you're the most diehard AEW fan, you can at least admit that the the dud at the end of the pay-per-view was, was something that a lot of people saw as a negative thing. Mm-hmm. So 
were they able to rebound from that? Yeah, I, de- I definitely think they were. The unfortunate thing for them was they lost 200 something thousand people in terms of their viewership. So did they tune out because they bought the pay-per-view and decided I'm done with this or did they go elsewhere? Did they watch South Park? Did they watch something else? I, I don't know, but um, yeah, it's just unfortunate for AEW, but I think they did the best that they possibly could in terms of damage control. Right. I think part of it, like the 18 to 49 demographic, I think they were watching the South Park special because not only were they number one in all adults, 18 to 49, they were number one in female and male. They almost got a 1.0 in the male uh, 18 to 49 demographic, which for non-live sports, that's almost unheard of in today's television standards. So, you know, props to the South Park vaccination special for getting a pretty decent number in today's cable viewing audience. But uh, I think a lot of the 15 plus or the 50 plus, I should say, a lot of them went to the Masked Singer this week. I think also a lot of them uh, went to see Shaq last week. He wasn't on. So, you know, it was a pop of the total viewership there and it dropped. So do I think both shows will bounce back next week? I think so. I think they both had very good shows. And AEW Dynamite, like you said, they bounced back from what happened at Revolution. I think the story told with Eddie Kingston and Moxley was the best way they could make chicken salad out of chicken shit. Um, I think the opening match with Ray Phoenix and uh, Matt Jackson was was a very good match. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think the the back and forth with Pentagon and Cody was very good. The yes, women's that was very good. The women's six women match was a decent match, and we know next week Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa are going to be the uh, main event next week of St. Patrick's Day Slam. And then over on NXT, I think they did a pretty good job too. Obviously, with the NXT Championship, we know what's happening there. You got the tease of Jordan Devlin coming back, the progression of um of Timothy Thatcher and Imperium again. I think there were a couple letdowns. Obviously, the women's tag team championship match to me was a little bit of a letdown. The Zia Lee, Caden Carter basically did nothing. It was a, a pretty much a waste of time. Um, so I think this week's got to go to AEW Dynamite for me. Yeah, I, I agree. And we talk about this all the time on this show. Uh, NXT is a really good wrestling show. When it's when it's hitting on all cylinders, it's it's good. Last night, there was a lot of good wrestling matches. You had the Io Shirai match was very good. The women's tag match was also good. Adam Cole and Finn Balor was very good. Um, but I think the most newsworthy thing coming out of either show last night, the thing that had people talking, which is what you want. You want people looking forward to next week's episode. And, and NXT certainly had enough. But I don't think NXT really had that one segment that's going to sway somebody who's either going to say, okay, I'm going to choose between AEW and I'm going to choose between uh, NXT on Wednesday night. And, you know, they, they decide based on what they see. Mm-hmm. Dynamite had that one closing segment with MJF and the new faction and all of that stuff that I think a majority of people are looking forward to in terms of, you know, what's going to happen next week. Um, I don't think NXT necessarily had that same vibe coming out of it. So I think that Dynamite had the better show overall last night. So did we just see a baby face turn for Ralph this week? Uh, if you want to start talking about Makahito, I can certainly go heel again. <laughs> no, no, that's all right. But 
We'll see how the shows go for next week. I think both shows were very good, and I think they'll bounce back next week in the ratings. But let us know in the comments what you thought of AEW Dynamite and NXT. And don't forget to share us all over social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at SCPB Podcast. Subscribe, hit that bell to join the conversation, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Squared Circle Psychobabble.